North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, all of you wonderful, lovely, beautiful people. It is Dr. Low Radio. You are tuning in to another show, actually our last show of 2015. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor. I reside here in San Diego. I work with patients here locally and all over the country. So great to have you joining me. If you're new to the show, welcome. I think we're coming up on five years. Just next month is going to be our five-year anniversary pretty soon. So it's very exciting stuff. Tonight is, I think, our 152nd episode now. And our guest on the show tonight, I've wanted to have on for a while. So I'm really looking forward to him and this topic. And the cool thing is, is that when I was thinking about what topic I wanted to do, he's so smart, we could have pretty much talked about anything. But this is a topic that I hear a lot of questions about, and I think it's going to be a real popular one. So we'll dive into it in just a second. Just want to announce this cool little announcement. I've, I mentioned on a few previous shows that we're going to be taking this thing international on the Shine Wellness Retreat. My clinic name is called Shine Natural Medicine. For many reasons, I named it Shine. And I think one of the ways that we shine is by relaxing and pampering and recharging. And that's what this is going to be all about. It's coming up in this spring slash summer of 2016. The dates we're still figuring out. But if you guys want to be involved, if you'd like to hear more information about it, go over to shinenaturalmedicine.com and sign up for email updates and we'll give you the, the first news of when those um, dates are going to be released. It'd be really fun to have you join me. I mean, doing yoga and healthy eating and get some beach time, some massage and just total recharge and pampering. It'll be so much fun. So keep on the news for that. So tonight's show, we're talking all about how to stay youthful naturally. This is a time where we hear, you know, we see on reality TV all the crazy things that people are doing to be healthy or to be really, to stay as young as possible, let's be honest, and doing, you know, going under the knife and doing all kinds of crazy things to look young. But what can we really do naturally to kind of age gracefully and to feel as good as we can as we get older and maybe some things to look our best? And that's what tonight's show is all about how to stay youthful naturally. And my guest tonight is Dr. Chris Miletus. He was one of my instructors when I was in naturopathic school, so having him on the show is really cool. He was one of my favorite speakers because he's so smart and presents things in a really fun and pretty easy to understand way, even really complicated stuff. So that's what I love. I love guests who can explain things, make it fun to listen to, and make it really educational. So I think you guys are in for a treat tonight. Dr. Chris Miletus, he's on a mission to change America's health one person at a time. He was the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians Physician of the Year in 2003. He served as the Chief Medical Officer and Dean of Naturopathic Medicine for NCNM, which is the National College of Natural Medicine, where I went to school as well, for seven years and subsequently served as NCNM Senior Science Officer. He's an internationally recognized expert in his field. He's the author of 18 books as well as more than 200 nationally published health and wellness articles. He's, a frequent, he's frequently called upon to lecture on various topics like metabolic syndrome, women's health, cardiovascular health, and urban drug interactions. His expertise also came into play during the formulation of various products for more than a dozen national and international nutritional supplement companies. Recently, Dr. Miletus has expanded his outreach to become the executive director and officer of 
Academic Affairs for the Institute of Healthy Aging, and he's also the medical educator for AllianceNutraceuticals.com. It's an online educational resource, and people are welcome to follow him, what he's doing, and his health tips over on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dr. Miletus. It's D-R, Amazon Mary, E-L-E, T as in Tom, I-S. You can keep up with what he's doing. Doc, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Thank you. I'm excited, and thank you for the very warm and generous introduction. Yeah, it's great to have you. I know we got to meet, I think I met you a couple times. We got to talk a little bit in more in more um, detail in Arizona at the ITI conference, so it was a good reminder. And then were you at A4M also recently? I was. I actually gave a couple lectures down there in Vegas, and now I'm wondering cool. what 2016 will hold with all my travels. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Well, you must have a lot of self-care and healthy habits to keep you healthy through all these adventures and things that you do. So we'll probably, you know, I'll probably pick your brain about some of those little trips and, t- you know, tips and tricks. But um, let's talk about this topic of, of aging. This is something that is, especially being here in North County, San Diego, where I live, it's it's a big topic and women go through. And, and I, I'm saying mostly women because this is probably the majority of my listeners are women. And, you know, I think this topic is a lot more important to women. But I know there's men this is important to as well, and they'll get a lot out of this show too. But um, so the topic of aging, I think there's a lot of kind of misconceptions about what causes aging. Is Do we really understand exactly what happens with aging, or is it just this deterioration that happens and our cells get older? Or what is What exactly happens as we age anyway? Are, are we still figuring that out? And actually, a great question, and it's a question a lot of my patients, which are doing lots of well care, are asking, how can I age gracefully? How can I stay that healthy, young 75, 80, 90-year-old, which I get to enjoy engaging conversation with in my practice all the time. So aging is a relative term. We know there's two types of aging. There's the chronological aging. That's how old are you per your driver's license. And then there's a biological aging, which is how old are you really at the cellular level? How nice have you been to your body? How blessed were you with your genes? And what have you done to control your genetic predisposition? So I tell my patients, forget the chronological age, the driver's license, how old you are, and when you're 21, you get carded, because that's a a number. But the biological age reflects how well you've taken care of your body and what have you done strategically to get the very most out of your genetic potential. So I focus on biological aging. And so I think we all know, including all the listeners, people that are younger than us, which act a lot older and decrepit, and people that are older than us that we say, I just wish I could be as youthful as they are when I'm their age. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's there's there's definitely a difference to it. I think perception is huge. If you you know see yourself and identify with your chronological age, then it can catch up with you. And the people who are like, I don't care, you know, I'm I'm always going to be young and have that adventurous spirit. I think that that can really translate into how they feel as well. So how do how can we even assess for this? Is there a way to 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 test what our real age is versus our chronological age? Is it just based on how we feel, or how can someone look into this and know for themselves? When I, I think you brought up a good point, Doc. It's about that positive thinking, remembering to keep the little kid in you alive and don't let mm. life snuff it out and laugh and enjoy life. And it was actually the Dalai Lama, before I get into the technical side of things, which said what most surprised him about humanity was that we'll trade our health to gain wealth and trade all our wealth to regain our health, never the while mm. thoroughly enjoying our life. And that's mm. so true. And 
So I do a lot of what I call functional medicine or naturopathic testing in my practice. And I can measure, and we all can, measure your telomeres, which is the length of your genes. So our chromosomes, which are half mom, half dad, well, every time they replicate, they become a little shorter. And the little ends of those chromosomes called telomeres become shorter and shorter. The more stress you have, the more surgeries you have, the more challenges chemically, environmentally we have, the more challenge we have to the end of those chromosomes. And they're kind of like a zipper on a, an outfit, a dress, or a jacket. If you get any of those teeth messed up on a zipper, eventually they're not going to line up right, and then you're going to basically have a broken zipper, in this case, a broken genetic code. So mm. controlling for the stress, staying happy, laughing a lot, and making sure we fuel our bodies right is so critical. Mm-hmm. I actually ran this test for myself about two years ago. It was right when I started my practice. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been practicing for a number of years, but I started my, my clinic two years ago. And during this time, I was burning the candle at both ends. I'm sure people who, who had who've been following me throughout the course of my podcast knew I think I had a good positive, you know, tone to my voice during during the show at that time, but they could probably hear underneath that there was there was some stress going on and there were some times I actually slept at the clinic and would get up and and would start the day again because it was just so much at the time building it up. I measured my telomere length and I was older than my actual chronological age. I'm 34 now, so at the time I was 32, I think I said I was like 35 or 36. And of course, you know, it's still young by many people's standards, but I was really upset about that. I need to retest that and see where it is now. And I've, I've been implementing a lot more, you know, self-care things. I go for a walk on my lunch. I really, you know, try to get good sleep and taking my different supplements and things. But that was really interesting how even me as a naturopathic doctor, you know, trying to take good care of my health, even that was, I was affected by, by stress. Oh, and, and the thing is, today's world is a lot different than when I was growing up. And I was you know, born in the 60s, and it's like, wow, the things are more complex. We have these dog collars we call cell phones, which are around our necks all the time. And I remember back in the day when you go home, and guess what? There was no voicemail because there's no such thing as voicemail. And if a person right. wanted to call you, they'd call you again. What a concept. And now mm-hmm. we got messages and emails and texts. And I love connectivity. But there's a point where I think all of us wish to just disconnect and just be, like a little house in the prairie. Just be out yeah. there on the prairie and just be like out of nature. Mm-hmm. I know. I think of the good old days. I feel like a grandparent sometimes when I was young. I'd hear, oh, remember the good old days? And now it's like I remember the good old days when we just had the rotary phone and, you know, just uh, the, I remember my clear phone I had in my room. I just, you know, call my friends on there. And I didn't even have voicemail at the time. It's just so so much more simple then. And I'm sure even then it seemed crazy to, you know, our parents who remember it even more simple. So so in the midst of a crazy world, and, and it's just probably going to get even more so, it's so much more important, right, to bring in these self-care kinds of things and de-stressing and finding ways to bring in some some zen into our, our, our crazy technology life, right? Oh, yeah, no question about it. And one of the tricks is kind of we learn these adages as we um, go through life. And one of them was from Benjamin Franklin, a penny saved is a penny earned. And so, for example, things like drinking green tea or using a green tea extract like L-theanine or the calming herbs or aromatherapy that allows you to be in that calm, more mindful state. And like L-theanine, which is derived from green tea but has no caffeine, actually helps with alpha waves, helps with GABA levels. So I actually take 200 to 400 milligrams, my individual dose, for my body on a, every morning, basically knowing that I'm going to see 
exciting stories of great successes with my patients, some sad stories. I'm going to get involved in a lot of their ups and downs. And, you know, I, of course, make it an intention not to turn on the news more than I have to because that's just a downer most of the time. And just kind of being a real good filter and that attitude of gratitude opposed to saying what could be. I'm actually happy about Mondays. There's another Monday to do another week opposed to, oh, I'm dreading Monday. Well, you're really wishing Monday away, and I can't wait till Friday. Well, then you just wish four days away. And so it's kind of, you know, the change in that mindset, I've had to do it over the years. I've been doing this for now 23, going on 24 years. And as I've seen my kids, which are 18 and 22, get older, they're a barometer of the fact that chronologically I'm getting older. But I can tell you, I can joke with the best of them. Keeping that youthful vitality is critical, the Peter Pan, so to speak, phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, which mom was right, we got to eat our veggies. And there's an interesting statistic. Only 11% of us, unless our audience is a lot different than the average, only 11% of us eat our five to seven servings of fruits and veggies. So we're going against mom's advice of eating our veggies, and 89% of us are failing, and fruits and vegetables high in phytonutrients, antioxidants, and a lot of substances which we still don't even fully know about from the scientific perspective. We hear about all these superfruits like acai and mangosteen and noni. But the fact is we find things in our backyard which are so therapeutic for us. We know that cabbage and broccoli help with our hormone metabolism, male and female alike. And so veggies are our friend, and we're just not fueling our bodies. And I remember back in the 1970s, we are what we eat from our head to our feet. And if you think about it, you have two children. One's raised up on junk food, and they're maybe, let's call them 20 pounds, and another kid 20 pounds. And over the course of five years of eating either healthy food or junk food, literally their cells are made from what they ate. And you really sit and ponder that. Okay, are you a Cheeto, Dorito, Big Mac, Burger King body, or are you a fresh fruits and veggie, vital, living, you know, live food for living people body? So it's a mindset that in today's busy world, I think I know when microwaves were first invented, we were so excited to get our microwave, and then, and then we didn't cook as much, and we just did things easier and faster, and we, we lost that vitality. I mean, I'm sure you advise your patients about eating live food for a uh, you know, longer, you know, more vibrant life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real food, eat real food. So looking at these, I, I love I love the topic of the of the telomeres. I think that's really fascinating, and I don't think a lot of people know about it. We haven't talked about it a lot on my show. I think maybe one or two shows, but it's been a while ago. So it's basically a blood test, and you can see the length of these telomeres, which is the chromosome length. And are there is there research? Is there data that can suggest things that help prolong the telomere length, or either lengthen it or keep them from shortening? I mean, what does the research show on these? Uh, great question. Well, first off, minimize your stress to the best of your ability. And when we do have stress, which we all have, couch it and frame it in a platform that's palatable to your life and not a, not a millstone around your neck. So stress happens and you process it and you put it away. And so that's really important. I tell everybody, if you're not dreaming two to three times a week actively, and you say, yeah, I dreamt two or three times this week, then you're probably low in B vitamins. I tell people, you have to defrag your hard drive and make sure you've got plenty of B-complex because when B-complex is low, then we're going to have a problem with not being able to dream and so forth. But the two big things I like to use for telomere length other than stress reduction is to do some resveratrol. It's a, actually part of the French paradox 
why do the French, which eat a lot of rich food, live for a long period of time? They would argue, hey, well, it's the red wine. Well, it's not the red wine per se. It's the resveratrol and polyphenols that are in grapes and those products, which actually protect the telomere. Lots of research there. And then there's an odd proprietary product, which I'm not involved with, but it's called PA65. It's an astragalus extract, which has also been shown to help with the average length of your telomeres. And remember that the telomeres are how well is that zipper of your chromosomes, your DNA being able to function up and down. And every time we go zipper our jacket, well, we're putting a little bit of wear and tear on. Same thing every time we replicate our cells. So doing things like resveratrol, terafilbene, as well as the TA65 are all considerations that I use, and I'm sure you have some tricks in your clinical practice as well. And you said it's astragalus extract. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay, and it's called PA65? PA65. T, T as in Tom, A65? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Interesting. I actually haven't heard of that. That's, that's really cool. Um, what a, where, is, where is the... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> go for it. Yeah, they, they have a whole company just around that one product, believe it or not. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, heck yeah. I mean, if it helps with telomere length, why wouldn't you? <laughs> um, yep. Interesting. So I'll look more into that. And then what about, where does calorie restriction come to come into this? Uh, brilliant question. So the research shows that if you do calorie restriction, I'm talking about significant calorie restriction, where you just eat enough to stay alive but not much more than that, and you stay on the very lean, lean side of percent body fat, that actually can increase longevity. They've done several animal studies. They've moved over to the human studies. And if you look up calorie restriction and then resveratrol, it helps with growth hormone. And so whether it be resveratrol, terafilbene, which is an, uh, a type of resveratrol, or calorie restriction, basically putting less into your body so your body doesn't have to work as hard, is kind of the concept. And it helps our growth hormone levels naturally stay high. So we're not talking about supplementing with growth hormone, which is always a consideration, but actually helping your body confer a more metered, methodical approach. Don't burn extra energies eating too many calories that you don't otherwise need to survive. That's kind of the way I summarize it. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Love that. Okay, and then so talking about hormones and, and how these things change, we talked about hormones quite a bit on the show. I know that they start to change as women are getting into their, you know, 30s and 40s and some sometimes even, even earlier for some women. So as the aging process is, is you know, happening, where, what are happening with these hormones and how, does, how do hormones kind of play into the, to the aging process? Uh, it's a great question. And in my lectures that I gave recently in Arizona to um, the docs that you and I uh, participated in, I re- brought it way back to adolescence and pre-puberty that right before our ovaries or testicular function kicked in, our male and female full array of sex hormones kicked in, our adrenal glands goes through something called adrenarch. So just like there's menarch, where, of course, the ovaries start kicking in and a female goes through that transition. Well, before that, a male or a female goes through adrenarch, where our adrenal glands kick in and create DHEA, which kind of jumpstarts that process for males and females alike. So remembering as we get older, our DHEA levels go from being really quite high when we're born, and hence baby acne in part, to dropping over the course of a lifetime to a very minuscule amount towards our senescence, towards the end of our life. And so adrenal function is important. And then we put on to that male and female hormones, 
that we know from the age of 30 to 50, progesterone levels drop up by about 75% in the average female. Hmm. So once again, I'll repeat that. From the age of 30 to 50, progesterone levels drop by 75%, whereas progesterone levels, or estrogen levels rather, only drop by about 25 to 35%. So we become estrogen dominant as females, and also males, lots of the gentlemen that come into my practice, when they are been married or with a significant other that's a female, they come in and they're 55 years old, and they have more estrogen than their non-hormone-replaced female counterpart. It's because testosterone converts into estrogen. So we're seeing these changes that testosterone, DHEA, are dropping. And I tell all my patients, if you want to age in a healthy manner, you have to measure your testosterone levels, male and female alike, your estrogen levels, male and female alike, your progesterone levels for both sexes, DHEA, and a hormone, the master of all hormones called pregnenolone, which is where all the other hormones are measured. I'll be posting some of this stuff on my Facebook page for the audience so they can actually see it in writing as well because I have a tendency to talk quickly. But I look at all of these hormones because it's not just the end result of how much estrogen am I making or how much testosterone I'm making because guys suffer from andropause. So just like women suffer from menopause, which is measured by not having periods, well, guys actually don't have that outward measure per se, other than they might have less drive, they're more tired, they're less driven, and they may lose muscle mass, may they're gaining weight. But these changes are happening, but we're designed as human beings, if we weren't so stressed from the age of 20 to 50, to have a natural buffer in our body. And it's called our adrenal glands. But unfortunately, we count on our adrenals to get through every day. Uh, so it's kind of like when I was growing up and watching Popeye and olive oil cartoons now, what we saw was a guy with a top hat named Wimpy. He said, I gladly pay you on Tuesday for a hamburger today. Well, we're all borrowing from tomorrow to get through today, and we're doing that as a consequence of our adrenal glands, stopping to get one coffee, two coffee, three coffees, or other caffeinated beverages, which really don't give us energy. They squeeze that last little bit of juice out of our adrenal glands, and ultimately what we are ending up holding is a bag of deficit and our health savings account is worn out. So looking at hormones and particularly adrenal glands and nurturing them with adaptogenic herbs, critical to allow for a nice, smooth transition because a lot of indigenous cultures don't have andropause. They don't have menopause. They go through that maturation and change of life with, as a rite of passage and celebration, not of torment and night sweats and hot flashes and lamenting about what in the world happened to my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's 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 a whole symphony of hormones. I always say to patients, hormones are like one big symphony, and they're all interconnected, and they all play together, and seeing not only the levels, but how well the body breaks them down, and looking at liver function and blood sugar and all these things, how they're all related, it all affects not only how you feel, but obviously how you age as well. And so you mentioned the estrogen, the progesterone, the DHEA, testosterone, and impregnenolone. I'm, I'm curious about DHEA specifically. I know that this can have some... Um, you know, some data looking at this in regards to aging. So what's DHEA exactly, and how does this, how does this interplay with your, your aging process? Uh, great question. So as we get older, our, most of our hormones decline. The one that doesn't often decline nearly as much as our thyroid hormone. And that all these other hormones, slowly but surely, as we get more miles on our tires, so to speak, we start avoiding our warranty as our hormones start dropping. We lose some of our 
energy are giddy up and going. DHEA is a building block for both testosterone, which all women and men have, and estrogen, which all men and women have as well. And it's a foundational building block made from pregnenolone and or progesterone, and it actually is critical to buffer. I call it a buffer state. When we're young and we get really stressed, we make a lot of DHEA when we're stressed because that's what our body's trying to do to compensate and survive that big stressor. But as we can go from one stressor to another stressor and start burning the candle at both ends and often in the middle, eventually our adrenal glands get worn down. And so we get premature aging because our adrenals can no longer make the DHEA levels like they used to when we used to you know, brush ourselves off after tumbling down and say, okay, I'm good for another one. But eventually we're just like, I'm just going to lay here. I'm too tired to get up. And that's often a reflection of low DHEA, which affects not only your healing ability, your and also related to osteoporosis and autoimmune disease, but it's also critical for your libido, for male and female alike, but particularly females. When you get start getting worn out, the last thing on your mind is, you know, amore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. That's that's interesting. I remember reading something about very low DHEA being associated with earlier earlier death. Have you read that? Oh, yes. And actually, strangely enough, they did a study of Swedish men and they found that Swedish men, this was a 2010 scientific study, they controlled for estrogen levels in these guys, testosterone levels in these guys, and an inflammation marker called C-reactive protein, which is a very strong measurement of premature death. So any of these hormones, a male or a female-like, will say, hey, you're more likely to have a premature demise. Well, they found that the men with the lowest DHEA, even when all their other hormones and measurements were good, were more likely to die. They found the same thing in females, that basically if, when you lose that backup buffer, it's like a backup battery, and that DHEA is not there, it's very easy to start unraveling very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating data. I think that that's, you know, seeing the numbers is motivating to go get those labs done and, and see where everybody's at. So... All you guys listening, go get your labs te- checked and see see where your levels are at. It's really important. And and even if you're young and you're, you know, 20s, it's like you can still get a baseline and see where your levels are at. Don't you believe in testing hormones even in, in younger younger adults? Oh, yeah. You know, as I've just hit 50 and I've looked back, I've said, oh, boy, I wish I had my blood work when I was 18 because that's, mm-hmm. quote, unquote, the sweet zone. And so for both my boys, which are now 18 and 22, they've already had their blood, blood measured a couple of times. Because I say, I want, to know, I want you to know as you get older, this is what good was. And if mm-hmm. you start going below good, you know, then we want to be able to have that measurement unto yourself. And I've even had patients which have ended up doing the BRCA gene testing and found out they have hormone-dependent um, cancers and runs in their family. And they've done the Angelina Jolie approach of removing certain parts from the body. But the research shows even people with BRCA genes, have shorter telomeres. But I said before, because she was very certain she wanted to remove her ovaries, wanted to remove certain other things, I said, let's get a baseline of where you're at now so that we can try to recreate the hormonal balance for mm-hmm. later. So wouldn't it be great if all 35-year-old women got their hormones measured now, a test, don't guess, see where they're at, so that if they ever want to do bioidentical hormones when they're in their late 40s or 50s, They'll know, hey, this is how I ran. Maybe I was a four-cylinder car. Maybe I was a six-cylinder car. Maybe I was an eight-cylinder car. If I need to recreate me, not what could be me or 
could have been me, but actually to have those numbers and then measure yourself once you are in that menopausal phase and say, what are my levels? Because so for so many decades, women were given Premarin, which is pregnant mirror urine, short for pregnant mirror urine, Premarin. And it's like, but they didn't measure how she was doing after being on it. Plus, Premarin has lots of other issues in my personal opinion, but they didn't keep her balanced with progesterone. They didn't keep her balanced with DHEA. They said female estrogen. That'd be like saying male testosterone. Males are more complex than just testosterone. Females clearly more complex than just estrogen. And that balance, as you and I know as clinicians, is so important. And measuring and testing and not guessing to make sure that you're in the sweet zone and you're not supra-physiological, which means simply that you haven't overshot the mark and have too much hormone, which comes with a consequence. So really governing and making sure that you have those numbers taken care of by working with your doctor. And what's cool is there's several labs out there which actually allow patients when their doctors aren't willing to get the labs done on their own, like direct labs. And then they can take it to their doctor. Let's say they have no insurance. Doctor doesn't want to order it. Let's say, Doc, I did this test. It's abnormal. Now what should I do about it? Because mm. some doctors won't even measure certain levels. They won't measure DHEA. They won't measure a pregnenolone. But you can go out of pocket, measure with no doctor's order through direct labs, looping your doctor always in or other healthcare provider always in with, here's my result. Now what should I do about it? You should not be doctoring yourself, in my opinion, including as doctors, which I got mm-hmm. a little lecture coming Amen back to from that. Arizona. <laughs> Yeah, from a colleague of mine, he says, you're not doctoring yourself, are you? And I haven't seen this young doctor in quite a while. He says, well, not that you mentioned it, guilty as charged. <laughs> and and yeah. so, you know, keeping it real, you know, we're, we're all human beings, and we all have a tendency to, you know, Google it and or as doctors know it. And so, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. And so, yeah, definitely testing. And I can tell you, I commit to six every six months to a year testing my levels to make sure I'm in the zone that I want to be in. And I just found out that my pregnenolone was really quite low, and that's mm-hmm. not good. That's memory, that's concentration, that's focus. And though I still have a lot of that, I had been complaining to my wife of 25 years, Kathy, and I said, you know, I think I'm getting more forgetful. And she said, well, welcome to being normal now. I said, it's not normal <laughs> for me. <laughs> right. Not okay for you. You're like Superman. You got you to gotta keep up with all this. That's interesting, you know, and it's, it's. I think it's important to to have a doctor, even if you are a doctor. And I I, I rely on doctors to help me with my health because I same thing. I try to treat myself, and it's like, just got to have that accountability. It's important, I think. Well, good for you for keeping oh, yeah, it real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh hey, got to keep it real. Got to keep so it the real. Advice I give to yep, and the same advice I give to all my patients and to our audience is the same I give to myself. What what did I do for me or mine, my kids, my significant other, myself? It's all about what would you do, and that's actually how you find a good doctor like yourself or myself. You know, it's like, okay, I want to do that for myself. Well, then I'm not going to recommend it for my patients. Or, no, I would do that for myself, so I'm going to recommend the same thing for my patients. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of like keeping the cutting edge right there and saying, yeah, this is a reasonable thing to do. And testing is one of the things we can all do these days. Thank goodness it's 2015, almost 16 here, and we have the technology to know so much about food allergens and which foods are good to eat, which foods aren't good to eat, whether your chemistry is being fueled properly through something called an organic acid test, a simple urine test, or to measure all your hormones. It could be saliva. It could be a blood test. There's so many ways to measure things. We live in a very exciting time to be both patients as well as doctors. Mm-hmm. 
I'm ex- I'm interested in how exercise plays into the the topic of aging. So, I know, especially here in North County, San Diego, so many of my patients they they come in and I look at their you know their fitness routine and they're doing an hour of cardio every single day. Maybe doing weights also. They're doing like the spinning classes, the bar method classes, and they're wiped out. They can't lose weight. I see this a lot, and. Oftentimes, I'll actually have them just walk for three months just to heal their metabolism. And it's like, it's almost like the last thing in the world that they want to do because they're so afraid that they're, they're going to gain weight. And I'm so I'm curious about this both from a weight standpoint and also from an aging standpoint. What's the best kind of exercise, both for like fat burning, that's also uh, supportive for the body and not working against the body, and also for, for you know, healthy aging or being youthful into your later years? Excellent, excellent question. Well, the the wisdom is for men that doing some um, resistance training, some weightlifting will keep their testosterone levels high. Actually, I give the same advice to women, but the thing is, what, like, no matter male or female, the exercise should never be a stressor to the body because once the body is perceiving stress, either psychologically or physically, like, wow, that I'm really tired, that's actually going to cause a physiological response of, I'm going to save the bacon. I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to slow down my metabolism because, gosh, I don't know the next time they're going to do that to me. And mm. so you can actually overtrain. And I remember two women, um, and actually one was a homemaker here in Oregon. Her best girlfriend from college came out, and they both decided they were going to do a health reformation. They are going to eat well and exercise. And they both went to the gym twice a day. They both tracked the calories they should have burned. And they were both burning over 700 calories with the morning and afternoon workouts with their personal trainer. And neither were losing any level of meaningful weight because you figure if you're burning about 3,500 calories, you should be losing a pound. And if they were to do nothing, they should be losing a pound a week just from calorie burning. And we found out one was low in testosterone. The other one had adrenal burnout, which exercising was not the thing she should have been doing at the intensity she was doing. And I keep it simple. I will tell my patients, go for walks, and I, I get them to giggle all the time. I said, get a little backpack, and as you're walking along over the course of weeks, throw a pebble into your backpack every once in a while this is a, <laughs> to start with an empty backpack. And over a while, you're bearing a lot of extra weight, good for osteoporosis, but you do it so gradually, your backpack is all of a sudden full of pebbles that you gain an ounce here and an ounce there, but after a while, you have a 20-pound backpack, and your endurance has increased. You haven't stressed your mitochondria, which I'd love to talk about. And you've actually done what you're designed to do, which is walking places. Once again, back to the little house in the prairie. You had to either hitch up the buggy and ride or walk to town and walk to school. And so working with that biomechanics and not wearing out our joints is very important. I have yoga injury patients. I have Pilates injury patients. I have people that have got spin class issues, all because they've overworked their body. None of those things are inherently bad, but moderation with all things is key. Mm-hmm. I love that gradual change in exercise. That's so important, just to respect the, just the the, the stress response in the body, and 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 also it, it it makes for a real long term habit formation. I think, right? It's like that's something you can stick with, and it's very important. I think people are hearing this going into the new year, rather than I'm going to go to the gym five times a week starting January first. Why not just do one day per week that you're adding in, you know, for a month, right? So you do one day a week for a month, and then two days for the next month, and I mean, you can do it that gradually because that's going to instill long-term change, and it's not going to stress your hormonal system.
system at the same time. Exactly. And I love to use technology. My iPhone here has a, a step tracker. Obviously, there's Fitbits and there's all these other technologies. And a lot of us are driven by numbers. It's like, mm-hmm. how much money do you have in your bank account? How much um, time do I have to rest and um, have fun on vacation? Well, tracking how many steps you've done is a remarkable way. Like, wow, okay, well, I didn't want very many steps the last three days. But then you see, like, I just came back from a big conference in Las Vegas where everything's miles away. I'm going like, wow, right. I'm walking five to seven miles a day. When I'm in my office, I'm still, that's kind of embarrassing. I hardly walk at all. Right. <laughs> and so the yeah. numbers, just like when we see a lab test, when I see a lab test, when our listeners see a lab test in front of us, they're like, oh, wow, my cholesterol is high, or oh, I need to do that. Seeing is believing, and numbers are often very loud because even though they're sitting there on our little screens, our little, little digital devices, it's like, okay, that's not a very good number. I need to work on that. Yeah, no, it's empowering to see those numbers. It takes a little bit of courage sometimes to see it, but it's only going to be empowering information. Last couple of things. I'd love to just focus um, briefly on mitochondria, and then we can finish on maybe some favorite foods or different supplements and things for, for healthy aging. So mitochondria, let's just briefly touch on this because we could do a whole other show on mitochondria, but where does this come into aging, and, and what are ways we can help to improve our mitochondria? Great question. So we all know we have a genetics. We're half mom, half dad. And so those genetics are predispositions to how well we're going to do, how well is our heart, our diabetes, whatever the genetic predisposition is. Then there's something called epigenetics, which is do I express those genes because I have a good or bad diet and lifestyle or don't I? Well, now if you think about your genes and how well your index finger will work or how well your eyes will work or your mind or your heart, well, your mitochondria, I like to compare to double A batteries. They're actually the things that allow you to have your genetic expression, allow your eyes to work, your salivary glands to work. Any tissue in your body must have energy in order to perform. Your mitochondria are the sources of energy. And so making sure that we're fueling and nurturing our mitochondria, aka recharge our double A battery, is critical. And I give the example of a smartphone. So I got a smartphone here in my hand, and if it goes below 1% then turns off, I have a glorified paperweight. But it's the same thing with our cells. Our cells, when properly charged, perform, nurture, and keep us youthful with that young biological age. But if all of a sudden they become underpowered, they can't sustain the challenges of life. And so taking care of the mitochondria with things like CoQ10, lipoic acid, resveratrol, which we were talking about with telomeres, also good for mitochondria. Quercetin, which we often use for allergies, also been shown to help with mitochondrial health. All these things that nurture the body is critical, and including a lecture I just gave in Las Vegas, that we take care of our GI tract and the friendly bacteria, because there's more friendly bacteria and less friendly bacteria in our GI tract than there are cells in our body. There's more of them than us. So the kefirs, the probiotics, the sauerkraut, the kimchi, and just eating whole foods will allow us to fuel our mitochondria better. So Mm, taking care of the mitochondria is important, and I have a lot on my Facebook about that. Mm -hmm. I love the food as medicine approach. That's great. Cool. Well, that kind of answered both questions. I was asking about supplements and nutrients and things, but that sounds like that falls in that category. Are there any other favorite things that you like to add in for patients or for yourself to help with the youthful aging? I think you mentioned some amazing pearls. If there's anything else, go for it. Yeah, there's two things. Um, don't die losing weight. And that sounds like a scary commentary, but we all have toxins in our fat tissues. 
Every day we have a toxic exposure, whether it be the laser printer, which is putting out toxins, whether it be exhaust from our commute, whether it be that off-gas and that new car smell. So every day we're burdened. But when we lose a rapid amount of weight, we're releasing lots of toxins and making sure you're supporting the GI tract by having good elimination two or three times a day, supporting what's called phase one and phase two detoxification part of your liver. Very important that you're eating lots of fruits and veggies when you're losing weight, having good elimination because otherwise you're stirring up yesterday's exposures on top of today's, and that can be burdensome in today's stressed world. So that'd be one thing is don't lose weight too quickly because that could be a bad thing. Make sure you're doing your veggies and making sure you're drinking lots of water and getting those bowels to eliminate so you're not reabsorbing muddy water. And lastly, for lovely skin, because we all want to feel young, but we also want to look young, I like to use hyaluronic acid. It's a, something that ba- makes babies have baby soft skin. And as we get older, we make less of it. And low hyaluronic acid will lead to wrinkles, less fullness, less plumpness. So sure, you can go get Botox shots. Sure, you can go get plastic surgery. But isn't it better to have that radiant health from within and then nurture your body with a pure bioidentical hyaluronic acid topically to allow you to feel and look both as good as you can? Mm-hmm. Is this something you prescribe for your patients, or can they pick this up over the counter? Um, it's a it's a supplement, um, and Alliance Nutraceuticals has it. Um, a couple other companies have it. It's a pure bacterial ferment, hyaluronic acid, just saline, hyaluronic acid, and zinc. No parabens, no methylparabens, none of those toxic, nasty chemicals. And I would encourage every male and female alike to go visit ewg.org, environmentalworkinggroup.org, ewg.org, and look at their cosmetic database. Look at the creams and the chemicals we put on trying to look beautiful but killing us from the outside in and making sure that you're not using one of those toxic substances and using something more natural. So our skin's our number one detoxifying organ. We always think the liver, but it's also our number one way we get lots of chemical exposures and toxins in our life. Mm-hmm. Yep, clean it up inside and out. Love it, Doc. Cool. Any parting words for our listeners before we let you go and enjoy the holiday spirit and getting into the, the holiday times? I know. Thank, by the way, thank you for being so generous with your time being here just a few days before Christmas. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. I would say that the listeners are very fortunate to have you as a spokesperson, as an educator, and um, I just wish everybody very strategic, positive choices for 2016 and onwards because we all are the masters of our own destiny, and if we don't make the changes, no one else can or will. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Awesome, Doc. So people can follow up with you and keep up with what you're doing over on Facebook. Is that kind of the best way for them to stay up on what's going on in your world? Um, that's a great way. Or go to alliancenutraceuticals.net, and that's where I do lots of education, free webinars. Um, it's all about educating. It's a nine-ninth monkey, and not that I'm a monkey or our listeners are monkeys, but if we all learn and then through wise um, tales, wise woman tales, mm-hmm. we can actually educate the next generation to be healthier, happier, and more proactive about their health. So we're not ending up reactive saying, Doc, can you put me back together? Let's not even have to count on the doc. And let's all be health coaches opposed to disease managers. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. Awesome, Doc. Enjoy your evening. I'm sure we'll see each other real soon. And, and um, thanks so much again for, for being with us. Hey, thank you. All right. Take care. 
All right, you guys, that is our show. If you want to check out more about Dr. Melitis, you can go to facebook.com slash D-R-M-E-L-E-T-I-S. And then the website, if you wanted to check out the hyaluronic acid and a little more about about Dr. Melitis, you can go over to Alliance Nutraceuticals. That's A-L-L-I-A-N-C-E-N-U-T-R-A-C-E-U-T-I-C-A-L-S.net. Alliance Nutraceuticals. I feel like I was in a spelling bee just then. Uh, <laughs> all right, you guys, have a great rest of your week. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, all that good stuff. Happy New Year. And um, I'll talk to you guys next year. Oh, my gosh. All right, you guys, love you guys so much. Have a great week. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.